Dotnet Rocks episode 721, with guests Kathleen Dollard and her son Ben. Recorded live Wednesday, November 2nd, 2011. This episode is brought to you by Telerik and by Franklin's.net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering video training on Silverlight 4 with Billy Hollis and SharePoint 2010 with Sahil Malik. Order online now at franklins.net. And now here are Carl and Richard. Thank you very much and welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. This show is recorded live at Dev Connections at the Grape City booth where we talk to Kathleen Dollard and her son about the work that he does with algorithms and how she is using his work in her work. It's really cool. It's a mother-son dream come true. We'll get to that interview in a second, but first I want to tell you that Pluralsight.com is where you can get 200 minutes of free online training from industry experts such as RDs, MVPs, and the guests on our show. They're always improving the catalog, and you can access it after your 200-minute 10-day free trial starting at 30 bucks a month. Just go to Pluralsight.com. All right, now let's get to the interview. Hey, everybody, welcome to .NET Rocks. Richard and I are here at Dev Connections. Hello, sir. How are you? I just arrived. We're looking at 10-foot pictures of ourselves. I don't try and look that way. I look the other way. <laughs> it's really kind of crazy. I had an aborted landing today on the way into Las Vegas. So what happened? Well, we were getting off close to the ground, and the runway wasn't there, so we went the other way. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. No, it was exciting. It was a wind shear emergency. So. I think I loved your tweet. I'm awake. I'm very awake. You now. have my attention. Yes. That's my third aborted landing this year. Wow. So I'm over my quota. That's enough. Well, we are here with the illustrious Kathleen Dollard. Hi, Kathleen. Hello, Carl. How are you doing today? Hello, Richard. Hi, sweetie. We're great. And you brought along a special guest. I did. I brought along a very special guest to me, which is uh, my son, Vincent Joris. Hi, Ben. Hello. Hey, Ben. And uh, what brings you to our stage today? We're talking to you, Ben. We're talking to yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, let me, let me just start by saying Kathleen speaks very highly of you. And uh, you are taking a break from getting your PhD. Yeah. I just um, said that. I'm looking at doing some other things. I'm here at the conference helping her uh, present some stuff. And... Uh, and and working See how things go. and working in what line of computing? Um, what do you mean? What what's your what's your bag? What's your gig? What do you oh, do? Um, I'm calling myself an algorithm architect right now. Nice. Um, doing looking at how to help uh, take my academic knowledge of cutting edge algorithms and apply that to helping helping solve business programming problems. Wow doing useful things. I mean, you are pursuing a PhD. You're going to be an actual computer scientist. Uh, so, my, actually, the, the current PhD I'm working on isn't in computer science. It's oh, math. I see. Um, but uh, I do have uh, a lot of background in academic computer You'll science. Pick up I, a have, few... I have published papers in computer science. You're going to do a few other PhDs as well? Just have a collection of them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a doctorate here, a doctorate there. Pretty soon yeah. you know some stuff. Just, yeah, just get them all. So, what, <laughs> kind, of, what kind of algorithms uh, that you are working on lend themselves nicely to solving business problems? Um, so I've done some, uh, done some stuff with uh, 
uh, text searching um, and looking at uh, uh, stuff that similar to what you do in like a, a, a web a, a web search like a search Google, engine. Google. Yeah. So um, not just trying to match the word with the word in the database, but something but a little yeah, more contexty. Some, yeah, um, some similar stuff to that. Uh, but I mean, it's not exactly the same problems that, that's solved by a, by a search engine, but mm-hmm. it's, it's looking at doing similar things, dealing with lots of text. So, Kathleen, do you call him when you get stuck on math? Or? Are you kidding? Well, no, <laughs> I get caught when I get stuck on algorithms. He's actually yeah. uh, he's working for me at Digital Folio. Uh, doing oh, really? the, the He's our algorithms uh, specialist there. He's... Uh, Doing a lot of really great stuff for us, so we've we, it's really helped turn uh, our processes around. So it's been great. Wow, it's been great because yeah, absolutely, I am the luckiest person in the world. You know, if I'm working for somebody, not only do they get me, they get him on the phone. And in this case, uh, he came on like the second day I was there. They said, "Really? You know, somebody does algorithms?" And I said, wow. "Yeah, we'll bring him on." So it's been great. And what's it, Digital Folio? So Digital Folio is a company out of Denver. It's a startup, and uh, we do uh, shopping. So we're trying to make a better shopping experience. So hmm. we do. Uh, we have a folio, which is like a supercharged uh, shopping list, and we do shared fo- folios. So you can go on Facebook and go share your folio with your yeah. friends and family for like your Christmas wish list or your kids' Christmas wish list. And uh, then we also do comparison shopping. So we've got a pretty cool sidebar that you know you go someplace and we'll show you prices from other places, hmm. and uh, it's it's pretty cool. Several like sidebar. So uh, wow. we're looking for some ongoing changes. Is the is the uh, computer science evolves in is, Silverlight. Is uh, there a product out there in the world we could look at right now? Absolutely. Uh, so www.digitalfolio.com. Uh, you can download our sidebar. It's changing every day. Uh, so, yeah, not every day, really, but, you know, we're, we're working on it. It's, uh, it's coming along a long way. So we're out there, and we got some great stuff. We were in uh, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Walt Mossberg did a story on us, mm-hmm. and Fox wow. News. Fox News Business did a story on us, so wow. uh, yeah, we've we've been having a good time. And so you've implemented the the text searching algorithm. Yeah, and I can't, we can't I can't let him talk about like the actual details sure. of nice. it because uh, it's pretty proprietary. But he's definitely given us some some really special stuff. It's very different from what anything else that's out. So don't listen to her, Ben. What you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do remember that wrecking people's careers is one of their goals. <laughs> not really. Just hers. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> You're not, fine. It's her. <laughs> it's not really a goal, but if it happens, yeah, okay. we're okay with it. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> not going to talk. No, he's not talking. All right. Well, it, so how did you get involved in uh, in math and, and, and computer programming. You have a story for us, don't you? I do. I have a story. I have a story uh, of the very first time Ben learned to program. And so, you know, mom's programming and mom's always saying, go away, go away. I'm trying to finish this. Let me get fix this bug. You know, right. that's kind of his life. She's like 10 years old. He's like, hey, mom, I think maybe I want to try that. I said, cool. And, you know, this is back in a different day when we actually had books. When you went to get... Um, when you bought Visual Basic, there book? was books. What is this thing? Yeah, book. book yeah, that with you paper. Talk about. Yeah. Weird. So there was a sample in there about um, the Microsoft Butterfly opening and closing its wings. So that's a great thing. A graphical graph, MSI you know, Butterfly. It's two images, open, close, moving around the screen. That was the demo. Okay. She said, that's great for a kid. Real visual. So we do that. We spent a couple hours, and it's, it's all going smoothly. And then we're kind of finishing it up, and, I, and, and he says, he's 10 years old, and he goes, my, the, the butterfly is great, but how do I kill it? Nice. <laughs> Directly to weaponry. So, so I then said one of the wiser things I said as a parent, which is, I don't know, i got to go make dinner. <laughs> and by the time dinner was, was made, uh, the butterfly did not explode. 
He was a little young for that, but it did stop flapping and slowly drift to the uh, bottom uh, of the screen. Very cool. <laughs> so he killed his butterfly. So, so you, you wrote digital DDT? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a really cool story. It's a great, uh, great so, thing. So then he's also competed in Top Coder and some other stuff. So he's uh, Top Coat? Yeah. Top Coder? Uh, out, uh, well, now they do a whole bunch of different programming competitions. When I did it, it was primarily a, a fast algorithm coding competition, uh, solving, solving problems that are very computationally difficult, requires sophisticated algorithms to solve them, and you have a very limited amount of time to write a program. Uh, if there's any bugs in your program, if it fails any tests, you get no points at all. Right. Wow. Um, and if it works perfectly, it's how fast you code it. Wow. So not how fast it runs, but how long it took you to write it. Right. Well, one of the huh. things that has to be run fairly efficiently, if it, if it takes more than a second, it's considered to have failed. Oh, okay. On so any input case. As wow. long as it's under a second and, and yep. works perfectly, then it passes. Yeah, and then it's how fast Well, that's you just like it. everybody else's code, really. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Under a second has to work perfectly. And, yeah, the, the the competition format was uh, an hour and a half for three problems of increasing difficulty. Wow, wow that's awesome. How'd you do? Uh, I did pretty well. Um, I one time made it to the uh, world finals for the collegiate level, which was uh, 48 uh, people got some amount of money out of that. I don't remember how much, but yeah. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. Hey, can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills? I didn't think so. So our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, and content management. And we're talking free-free. Not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. From free ASP.NET AJAX, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight controls, to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework, to free agile management tools and content management systems, all of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash free stuff. Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources such as documentation and forms. Go to Telerik.com slash free stuff now and take full advantage of the available free of charge products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting .NET Rocks. What kind of algorithms? Can you remember any of them? Uh, well, I, I could tell you names of plenty of them. Uh, uh, describing them over audio would be, I think. Challenging. I need, I need to draw pictures. Yeah, to, okay. Um, Just describing the kind of problem you're solving. Yeah, um, Lots of graph theory, um, lots of uh, text, you know, text, various text sorts of things. Um, it's all uh, kind of more bite-sized problems that you could actually solve in an hour, but you had to have the right insight. Right. Once, once you have the right idea, okay, you can solve it. They're, they're very complicated code usually, you know, hundreds of lines, um, but not, you know, not epic, you know, epic scale things. Um, you're not landing anything on Mars. No. You only got an hour and a half. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, but that hour and a half goes, uh, goes very quickly. And, very and, fast. Yeah. You can, you can write a surprising amount of code in an hour and a half when you really put your mind to yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're anxious. Yes. Ben, do you remember what the defining moment was when you were, I don't know, in school or homework or whatever, when you were like, math, ah, I get it. I love this. Yeah. So it, uh, I definitely didn't start off start out that way. Um, in elementary school, I was in remedial math. Um, really? Yeah, I, wow. I just, arithmetic, I just, I can't do arithmetic um, at all to save my life. 
Like um, long division was yeah, painful. No, no, even just like adding numbers together, I'll probably screw it up. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, then once I got into more, you know, algebra, more abstract things, yeah. and I was like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah, by the time I was in uh, junior high, I was like, okay, you know, I, I can definitely do this stuff. And I was, um, after the, the story uh, she told the butterfly, it was, uh, I was a bit young to be getting, you know, really into programming at, at, at 10, but by the time I got to, to junior high, then I was, uh, then I, you know, got back into it, writing games for graphing calculator, mm-hmm. um, and I decided I wanted to be a video game programmer. Wow. That was, that was my goal in life, and I realized later that maybe that wasn't the best idea in the world. You, you like to eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There are people yeah. who make money on video games. I, yes. And there are a lot of people who don't make a few. money on games. Yes. It's probably the same reason that I didn't become a professional musician. You like to eat. I like to eat. Okay. Yeah. So, Kathleen, this must be very, very exciting for you, too. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic having you on stage with me for the first time uh, tomorrow. So that'll be great. He's helped me out a lot over the years just, you know, with systems and you know, getting me to events and that kind of thing. So he's been great over the years, but this first time he'll be, you know, at a big event like this on stage yeah. uh, working with me. Uh, and we think it's going to make it more fun for the attendees to have a little bit of banter going on. So what kind of programming happiness are you working on these days? Well, I'm kind of, uh, it's interesting because my role at Digital is technical evangelist. And so I'm right. bringing in, you know, new technologies, this thing. So the cloud has been the big thing I've been learning a lot about, uh, okay. beating our head a lot against some sting things around the uh, table storage, uh, looking forward to some great things going on in SQL Azure. So that's yeah. been kind of kind of new and, and uh, interesting. There's a lot of challenges still in that space, but I got to say those teams are amazing how fast they're going. Yeah. Um, you know, we're getting new stuff every quarter. The, the roadmap's just absolutely amazing. So uh, that's going to be a nice thing to watch in the future. Um, I've been doing, I did a conversion from Silverlight to jQuery last year. That was a that was kind of fun, and uh, Silverlight to jQuery, Silverlight I to jQuery. not exactly code compatible. No, not exactly code compatible. What we uh, it was a complete rewrite of the whole oh, system. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, but it was interesting to have the same problem expressed in two different, completely different uh, languages. And I, and I have to say, I did not, I still do not, do not connect well with JavaScript, jQuery, that really? whole game. Yeah. Uh. I'm I'm really it's painful debugging. You know, I got better tricks than I did, but uh, I'm still. For the size of what we're doing, because we're um, on that particular project, it's a um, it's a single it's a single screen, and mm-hmm. then it's a full business app with multiple tabs, and each tab individually saves and multiple pop-ups and. But just a single stuff. URL the whole time. Single URL the whole time. Not a time. post back yeah, in sight. Right. Not I was a post back in, <laughs> you know, lots, all AJAX all the time, and, right. and the degree. I mean, it's it's about five thousand lines of, of JavaScript code, and that has been. Uh, it definitely, it's, it was definitely a challenge, and uh, it's well, you know, there, I was talking to uh, uh, Bob, and I can't remember his last name, but he's a fan. He's listened to every show, and we met here at the casino, and uh, he says that he's been doing some work in JavaScript, and just the the lack of the control model, you know, that he has in ASP.NET, like there's, he went looking for the ultimate suite of JavaScript controls. Yeah, no, there's nothing. Yeah, we, and it's, that's, it's just a totally different model. It is. It's totally different, and the degree of support in what you get. Um, you know, I know that it's easy to complain about the quality of what we're used to in the .NET framework because yeah. we never want to see a bug. As programmers, right. we want our tools to be absolutely perfect, right. and the quality sort of steps down. You know, if you're in JavaScript itself, yeah, it's, it's okay, and then you go, you know, one step down to jQuery and start seeing a few more issues and. 
by the time you get down to some of the controls, and I'll, I'll save mentioning any. You know, you've got stuff like parameters that don't follow the same convention for different parameters within the same method call okay. in a case-sensitive language. And it just, for me, it's been a, it's been a, a trial. No, yeah. you know, little intelligence, uh, you know, little tools, and it's just, you know, it's it's uh, it's great that we're going to have more opportunities to use that in more ways. Partially because the tools will get better. And, uh, well, and Win 8's bringing JavaScript to Windows in a big way. It is, and Win 8's really a very, very interesting, it's an interesting time to watch that, interesting to see what's yeah. going to come of that, because Win 8 is so many different things, mm -hmm. and yes, that's, it it's one of the things to heart, try to judge it on, but right now I would say the weakest thing in Win 8 is the thing that it should be the most important to get right, which is the Win 8 desktop. Most people yes. will use the Win 8 desktop, that will be their experience. And as of today, what we've seen, the experience is more difficult for the normal user than it is in Win7. And so it's hard to see why people and organizations are going to upgrade to an operating system if the individual's experience goes downhill. So now, it could, I could what, be wrong. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how you, what, what you mean by that. Look, the so, Win8 desktop to me looks just like the Win7 desktop. Well, in some ways it does. Okay, but to start with, you know, the full page start menu and the and the the swing, 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 swing to get through yeah. the different no, pages. That's the, I'm doing the it on my piece. finger, but you right. can't see that part. Right. But the, but the fact that the start menu yeah. is is so many pages wide. Right. Um, that that that's what I you know I'm trying with my finger make a little noise for you know swing, swing, swing and and so that's a problem in and of itself. But then also the fact that we don't have touch most of us. Right. We have mice. Right. And the whole, let's try to get this thing to work with a mouse is not yet, no, it for me, work. it's still extremely no. difficult. It doesn't work. And I'd also think that Win8's not aimed at us. It's aimed at mortals, but, regular users. Well, but mortals inside corporations that are using Win7 desktop today uh, trying to go to Win8 desktop. I, I don't think that's likely at all. I, when I say mortals, I mean consumers buying new machines. Right, but I, I still think, think that the Win8, the Win8 desktop experience was the most important thing in this to get right. And it's the worst. Well, and what do we know about Windows 8 desktop as an improvement over Windows 7? From what I understand, it's the, the task manager. Well, the, And that's about it, as far as I and know. And I'm talking about just the interface to the user. There's some under-the-hood things. There's some more things included. It's not okay, my space, but Hyper-V is a little bit different. There's some other that's things. True. So, so, so it's more they've performance. Done some, they've done some work. And it's yeah. smaller. And there's yeah. a lot of, they've done some work and a lot of great things. But in terms of what we actually walk up to and touch, um, I'm not convinced it's a it's a step forward. I'm not now as developers. I don't know that we care yeah. because because when we go to .NET 4.5, we can target Win 7 and Win 8 pretty much equally well. If we want to write for Metro, we're probably writing for a tablet anyway, and that's a, a totally different experience. And writing for the tablet makes sense. And so the, you know, so, I don't, so so Win 8 tablet, Win 8 Metro, it's fine. It's just the Win 8 desktop. I really. I really think that they got they've got a problem to solve before it goes live. And, and, you and know, not if you much add, time. If you add to the problem the the corporate mentality of we need to upgrade all our machines all at once, right. whereas if you if you have tablets, you're not going to upgrade them to Windows 8 because you'd have to upgrade everybody else to Windows 8. No, right. I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm just putting my IT hat on here. Yeah, what do you think? And I think that generally speaking, corporate's just moving to Win 7 now, and so they're in no hurry. They're a right. long way from moving to Win8. In fact, they skipped Vista. Wouldn't be surprised me if they skip Win8 and go to Win9. Right, and so we don't know what's going to be mm. the next thing after Win8 because I think Win8 has got a lot of really good groundwork laid yeah. for a great operating system. But yeah. I'd rather us not be in the habit of like Corduroy. You know, we have a we have a down and an up and a down and an up. But and it's a down worked and an so up. far. It, yeah, this it, could it be works. the next Windows 2000, yeah. and the Win9 will be XP. Could be. Well, you know what? It I have be. one word: slick run. 
I've been using Slick Run to launch apps since Scott Hanselman showed it to me several years ago. It's a little window that you that gets your focus, and you type in a magic word, a keyword that you define, and it's linked to a an app, and it just runs the app. And it's much that kind of thing has been a huge productivity booster for me. Well, I will say that on the Win8 desktop, um, if you can get it to start talking to you, so if you get right. where you start typing, which means you've got a keyboard, so that's that's fine. If you're on a yeah. keyboard, it's fine. It's got a good search into apps. And okay. so if you start typing the name, some part of an app, it's a pretty good search to get into In the desktop app. mode? In desktop mode, yes. If you start typing. Well, it's because desktop mode, remember, the, the start menu on the desktop mode is the Metro look right. part. Sure. So you're going to be on the big start page and the big tiles and all oh, that. All right. But if you start typing, you will you do get a decent search today in the preview. So, oh, that's good. So that part is okay. It's just, it, it's not always my first choice, and it doesn't allow me to explore my desktop the way the start menu does. And I think you hit it the nail on the head where, in the developer preview anyway, you can't use Metro with a mouse. In other words, you can't pull the charms in from the side. The whole swipe from the side stuff doesn't work. I mean, you can scroll, but you can't pull those charms and in, in, uh, things Well, in. and that's just ir irrespective of Win 8, which is readily in a pre-release, not even a beta. True. So let's talk about touch on the desktop machine, period. Just by itself. Like, it, it doesn't seem right to me. As soon as yeah, you go to oh, a multi-screen machine... Well, I that, think that, that's a challenge. I think that, that what the desktop is or the laptop is, because the number of desktops continues to go down, and I think that we have a whole new set of interactions that we're going to look at doing. So right. I'm very, but I, I don't want to go from the desktop. Very, I'm just talking about the desktop right, machine. Right. So I'm very interested in what we're going to. Okay. So we're gonna, I, I want to go someplace else. That's okay. We'll, we'll go there. We'll go. We'll go back. Right. So the desktop machine, um, I think, is going to go away. I, I don't think that there's much reason. Ben's Gartner carrying, agrees with you, apparently. Ben's carrying around a laptop with 16 gigs of memory, an i7 2.4, yeah. and two or three gigs of video memory. Um, yeah. He's got this great big, huge monster big. It's not even. It's it's, it's light, you know, for what it is. Yeah. It's, it's great laptop. It's a little bit. It's a little bit twisted because it's got his Dvorak keyboard on it. <laughs> You're the only one, Ben. It's just you. Oh well. <laughs> I think we're going to have to redesign desks. That's what I think. Well, I do. I think we're going to have to redesign desks, and I think a lot of the docking situations, and then I also think there's a lot of pieces on the edges of this release that could have huge long-term impacts, and one of them is Windows to Go. So Windows yeah. to Go to say that your computer, your everything you care about, Love is on a USB feature. stick in your hand. Right. I worry that it's too small. Yeah. I'm going to lose it. Um, but mm -hmm. you know, I can't lose my laptop. I can lose a USB stick. So uh, I think well, there's a whole I can't lot live of with that going. little screen space. You know, my main dev machine is 4960 by 1600, and I, I can't give it up. I need that. I need, Once you get that much screen space, you're never going back. That's true. Well, it's then, a one-way trip. Yeah, so I've got a few monitors at home, you know, and in different setups. And, and I have to say that when I go on the road, because I spend so much time on the road, yeah. that I'm actually okay with it. I certainly have docking stations uh, or... or you know something. Yeah. When I when I sit down and work, I have a couple of travel ones here. I got a gold touch keyboard and stand that I carry with me wherever I go. And so you know I've got some stuff. But you know it's at the end of the day, I just don't see people buying those big boxes anymore. Richard, Richard, let me ask you this: If you had a desk that supported your monitors, your three monitors, yep. and imagine they're all touch enabled, so that they're at a I don't know maybe a thirty five degree angle in front of you and maybe angled up on the sides. And you could just drag stuff around and use your virtual keyboard. That wouldn't be cool. I think that would be cool. The question is, is it would it productive? work? Would it work for you? See, yeah. I don't think I don't think that's the right answer for the desktop in terms of the monitor space. So I think we're going to have a laptop that's going to be connected to monitors. Right. But I don't think it's going to be touch onto those monitors I, that I, you're going to be doing. What I think it's going to be is well, connect. It's going to be everything. It's going to be connect. 
It's going to be connect. Because it, Do you think it we'll skip over touch for desktop and go directly to gesture? I, I, I think I think we will. I think I think that it's going to be slow, um, but I think the Connect uh, can do a lot of that right now. It's not going to be like it's all going to change tomorrow. But it's so much cheaper. It's so cheap to put a Connect on your desktop if you're running that many monitors, and it's only going to get cheaper to do put that it's kind much of technology more difficult there. To use Connect than it is. Touch. I know because we have we have a ways to go on yeah. that, um, a long ways to go. But it's, it is a very different experience. But yeah. I, I think that that direction uh, is going to be more. Because, like you say, the layout of the desk has to change. That's an expensive, hard thing to do. Yeah. Gets in a whole lot of ergonomics. Um, you know, I definitely pay a lot of attention to ergonomics for myself and my team because I don't have RSIs because I spend a lot of time not having an RSI. You know, and so we have if we start paying a lot of attention uh, to those kinds of things, redesigning the desk is a very expensive thing to do. We're not going to do it tomorrow. It's going to take a while. And as we go forward, I think it's just by then we're going to get a connect that actually works pretty well. Well, and we still can't replace like the keyboard, right? I mean, that's still no. the fastest data entry mechanism. Why going. would we want to? Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. But it gets back to I didn't like the mouse because it lifted my hand off the keyboard. I gave in because I was outnumbered. But now they're asking me to take my hand even further away from the keyboard and, and make a mess of my screen. and. That doesn't make me happy. Well, that's why I think that Connect has a lot of options because you're going to move your, uh, eventually, I think with a sufficiently, um, w when we have sufficient resolution, you're going to be able yeah. to move the hand, your hand up in a comfortable manner, like towards your, your chest by a few inches, and you're going to make small gestures at that point, and you're going to move things around on your screen. I mean, why uh, With a couple of fingers, right in, right, just a few inches above your keyboard. And I think at that point, then then Connects was becoming an extremely good option because the mouse is still one of the most most serious problems with RSIs, uh, particularly because the tilt of your hand is just wrong, and being able to move your hand flexibly in the air is a much more natural. Define gesture. RSI. It's an injury of some. Kind. I'm sorry, it is. RSI is repetitive stress injury. Repetitive stress. Carpal tunnel is the most common one, but there's a great deal of tendonitis and other problems that are related to that. So repetitive stress injuries can be crippling yeah. to people, and so yeah. working around that. At Franklin's Net right now, you can get a DVD with over 11 hours of Billy Hollis on Silverlight 4 or 14 hours of Sahil Malik on SharePoint 2010, each for only $6.95. Order online at www.franklins.net. Are you looking to change jobs? Infusion Development has offices in New York City, Toronto, London, Dubai, and Poland. Infusion has hired a whole handful of Happy.net Rocks listeners. Contact me for an introduction at carl at franklins.net. Can I shift gears and, and ask you about what we were talking about in Amsterdam last year? Remind me. Can we talk about... Oh, wait, wait, wait. We were in Amsterdam? You want me to <laughs> no, not that? last year. Maybe it was the year before. She doesn't remember. Oh, dear. <laughs> I, I remember that. Remember. I remember right, that. So I remember a, walking we down the street in Amsterdam. Yes, no, no, no. We were, were at a speaker's no. dinner. Okay. And you were talking about a project you were working on that was a lot of composition. Yeah. And it wasn't even .NET. Right, so um, so there's a project uh, in the Java space called NetKernel. NetKernel? NetKernel, right. It's out of a company called... Uh, 1060. 1060, thank you. I knew it was a number. I said, none, I think all these other numbers, they were wrong. 1060 Research out of um, England, uh, okay. trying to remember the town, Chipping Sodburn or some, some little right. silly town. Um, but it's a it's a fully com composed systems, deeply composed systems, and so. Now, what does that mean, actually? Okay, so at one level, what what that means is that you write software as little pieces, little granules, and then you uh, you string them together like beads on a chain. Okay. So you you're, you're taking a string and you're you're putting beads together. Now they have a lot of very uh, good stuff around um, some things like uh, like caching and some other things that allow you to do that with extremely good performance. 
So you can write, uh, write small pieces of software in any language you choose and then, then string them together into larger pieces. There's a pretty big simplification, but on certain types of problems, you can see the amount, numbers of, the amount of code you, you write uh, dropped, say, by 95%. Massive, so it's taking massive the component model to the next level. It is. It's taking that. the component model to the next level, giving it a whole lot of internal support. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 what they're doing is fantastic. Um, I was looking at becoming a little bit more involved that I decided I wasn't quite ready to leave the .NET space. Um, yeah. It's in the Java space. Um, I have done some work in tying it into .NET, well, what uh, where you can, you can, we can tie across them. I did a, um, mm -hmm. a presentation on that at the Net Kernel, uh, Net Kernel West uh, last spring, which was a whole lot of fun working with that. The so thing that great. caught my attention when we were talking about it is how little code you actually write to create right. an application. So the interesting thing is that if you actually break down the code that you write, a number of people have done this. Rocky Locke has done it from a different direction. Yeah. Um, Fernando Cardenas has done it from a different direction from the Who? code. Fernando Cardenas, he does um, code Cardenas. generation. Right. Um, so different people have done it from different directions. And the, the code you write, about 90% of it is redundant or garbage or something. It's not code that's actually expressing your business intent. Yes. It's doing a bunch of other junk. Support code. Whatever it is, you know. So when we simplify that way down, we do have a whole lot less code. And less code means less money and less time to build it. So all of the techniques that take us that direction, which with the code generation and the, right. the composition and all this work has always been kind of a theme through my career, all of that stuff will eventually come together where we can actually get it done. It's very frustrating to me that that's been so slow. There is good stuff going on in code generation right now with the MVC scaffolding. I don't agree with everything they do, but good stuff. And then composition on the .NET side is the managed extensibility framework in that. So, so what you were mentioning some ridiculous numbers in terms of what you could do and how long it took. Right. With what was the name of the company again? Net. It's, it's Net Kernel is the Net product, Kernel. and the company is 1060 Research, and oh. I believe the website yeah. is 1060research.com if anyone wants to check that out. They've got a great newsletter, and uh, the guy who runs that is, is almost too brilliant. Okay. Yeah, that was that was very interesting to me. And so we were you, you were going to go into what's in the .NET space in this. Right. So composition in the .NET space, we think about that a lot in terms of dependency injection frameworks of one right. sort or another. Right. Um, it's not this, quite the same story as the composition that NetKernel is doing, but it's what we've got today and what we understand today. Okay. So within um, Microsoft, the Magic Sensibility Framework is a composition tool. It's a step towards a compositions tool Mess. away from dependency injection. You know, it, it, there's very subtle lines drawn in there. Uh, right. But at the end of the day, if we can write our software as little pieces that are testable and usable yeah. in isolation, then we can move towards the big goals we've had for a long time, including code reuse and uh, you know, limiting redundancy and being having quality applications that are testable. How heavy is the composing part of the composition once you've got little bits? Do you mean uh, composing from a programmer perspective yeah. or from a runtime perspective? Well, really from a runtime perspective. Okay, so from a runtime perspective, it's actually pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. So everything in, in all these systems that are successful, uh, they've got a good job on that. Because at the end of the day, what you're talking is a dictionary on steroids. Right, it's right. It's a very complex dictionary on steroids. But, but, but someplace in there, you can get there. So There's some got, sense of workflow in that, though. It is, it definitely. You've got, yeah. you've got workflow aspects. And in fact, one of the ways in .NET space we do compose systems is through the Windows workflow. Mm -hmm. So WF, which is come, kind of coming slowly back, and it will get its act back together. Um, that hope. is definitely a composed system. They're yeah. doing some good stuff, actually. So I have to say that I've got a lot of faith right, right now. They're putting it places like, like in TFS now, has workflows, mm -hmm. so it's kind of all over. Yeah, once Microsoft starts consuming it, it gets dramatically better. Exactly. Yeah. 
So with uh, with the Managing Sensibility Framework and that composition, um, the, the challenge to, to the runtime is actually pretty good. That, that does pretty well. The challenge to the programmer is at the end of the day on all these composed systems, whether it's NetKernel who's out in front or whether it's MAP or whether it's a DI container on all of these systems, mm -hmm. the problem you run into is actually understanding from a programmer perspective. Because yeah. however much the spaghetti code is spaghetti code, yeah, we you can that. walk it yeah. and you can get it. Mm -hmm. And when it's, I don't know where this came from, right. is the question. Black it's a boxes. hard question. Now there's a lot of diagnostics in the next version of MEF, the one that comes out in .NET 4.5. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of diagnostics in there. It's going to kind of make that, that part of it easier. But it is the human aspect of it that is where we're just, that's where we're just babies. We're still just taking our infant steps. Um, in the compositional world, because eventually that will be the story. Um, the IDE, the IDE for a composed system, is very different. And yeah. again, NetKernel's ahead on this stuff, but we're still we still have a long way for everybody to go on. Does it make sense to have uh, components that are essentially web web based? So that you know, you know, there there it doesn't matter what you write it in, as long as you're following web interfaces. Right, so so that's a, a great point and it also points out that some of the ways that we do composition today are actually across things like REST interfaces. Yeah. Some of the WCF work like uh, Javal Lowry does. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's a bunch of stuff out there where people are doing little things with composition. Right. Um, we're just kind of, it's not quite come together to go to the next level yet. Yeah, and yeah. when it does, I mean, people that write, say, like REST-based systems, sometimes they're going to find some really significant drops in the code that they write because they've simplified it by splitting things up. Mm. And in really the separation of concerns idea, we do it because it makes our life as coders simpler, but it turns out it actually makes the code simpler. So it's, it's mushing things together, which is really what makes big balls of mud, yeah. and then we can't quite, can't quite rip apart. The, I think the challenge when you play with the com composition model is how you manage carrying certain state bits of state information forward, you know, say you've got a complex interaction. transaction. Like some of those interactions get hard. Well, they do. Now, one of the things that's nice about MAP, the Managed Sensibility Framework, is that it is a nested container. Right. And actually, NetKernel is as well. When you've got a nested container, then you can put your state any place within the container that is your current state right. space. So, and it so because a, it's nested, a hierarchy to the workflow. You can a hierarchy to the state. Right. So, so the state of the current, you know, microcosm that you're in, but then you can reach out to the next bigger microcosm, the next bigger microcosm, mm -hmm. and so the stage is drifts. The state is no longer attached in a specific spot because that's very difficult, and that's one of the reasons the code gets complicated. Mm -hmm. And instead, that we we allow the state to have a, a barrier, a geofence. We basically geofence our our state, mm -hmm. huh. and then the state can exist within that. You can grab state from outer geofences as you need to. Um, but you collapse that down to the vision at your current point in code of what state's currently available, and it's floating state. It's not state that's attached to it's attached to an object, but that the objects float as opposed to being passed through the code as parameters. But each of these different uh, pieces of the composition contribute to that state information at some Absolutely. point. You've got a completed package you can hand Absolutely. off. Absolutely. Now you can think SOA. about that and you can say, wow, that's very SOA. Very, yeah. it's, it's like SOA at different scale. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic vision. But as you think about that, and you think about the complexity of it, you just shift the complexity. Because you shift the complexity of how do we draw it? How do we flowchart it? Right. How do we do these things? And, and we're just we're just learning that that, um, yeah. that kind of stuff. In fact, you know, doing the great, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with Digital Folio, but that's just work I miss because uh, I, I really like doing that kind right. of stuff. Enjoy. Figuring out how we actually push the envelope on imagining these systems, reasoning about these systems, um, looking at the, if I can't explain it to a manager, I really worry about the code I'm writing, well, and, and, and these are hard to explain right now. Composition is easier to explain to a manager than the typical software, actually. Well, flowcharts they kind of get. Yeah, 
well, but it diagrams well. Yeah, it, it, so so there's 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 a lot of space to grow there, and mm -hmm. certainly us understanding you know things like um, pulling state machines into common usage, which is one of the things that the Windows workflow uh, is poised to do, probably in its next revision, not its current revision. Mm -hmm. Some of those kinds of things will really help us so that we can think about state in a different way than we have before. State is not a parameter passed to a method. That is one way to express state. Right. But there's a whole lot of other ways to do it as well. Sure. Well, you know, Kathleen, I'm just waiting for you to model the human brain in code. What's, well, what's next for you? Well, <laughs> I don't know what's next for me, actually. So, yeah. So, right now, I'm a digital folio. And, and, uh, what are you interested in other than code? Other than code? Oh, yeah. gosh. The last, the last few months have been so rough for me in terms of too much work that I haven't been doing much outside. Still liking playing the violin. Still bad at it. But still uh -huh. loving it. Uh, that's great. Uh, looking to uh, try to move out of Denver. That's something I'm looking forward to, to working on doing. And uh, got a new car. Okay. I got a new car. And I, I've nicknamed my car. It's the Veloster Laptop. Okay. Veloster. The Veloster Laptop. I got a brand new Hyundai Veloster. Uh, you probably never heard. Some, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's Veloster, brand new, no. Veloster, brand new car. Totally, totally, totally stoked out on the electronics. I mean, oh, this thing it's does. It's a geek car. It's a geek car. Total geek car. So I'm, I'm loving that. Brand new. Got it, last, got it on Saturday. I love it. So that's uh, great. Interesting books you've read? Because we, we talk about this sometimes. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I, I've been embarrassed that I, I, um, I haven't been reading because I have been so... You've been doing. I have been so busy that it yeah. has just been absolutely insane over the last couple of months. Looking forward to, to just kind of d dialing. I love being busy, but I need to dial it back just a little to be a little bit less crazy than I have been. <laughs> so, yeah. I only got out paddling a couple times this year, uh, paddling yeah. being my kayak. Uh, but uh, I've been only been out in my kayak a couple of times this year, so huh. it's just been a it's been a really crazy time. Ben, what's next for you? Uh, I don't know. Excellent. Um, I'm uh, currently working on a PhD. Um, and I'm, what's the thesis? Uh, Matroid theory. Matrix theory? Matroid theory. Matroid. Matroids, which are things that are kind of like Matroids, kind okay. of like graphs. Don't they have a cream like... for those? What? <laughs> they they can get a cream for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I'm currently working on. I'm, I'm going to take a break from that for a while and try some, try some other stuff. Dare we ask what a Matroid is? Um, no? No, pro probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might you not don't want to know. No one okay. wants to know. Yeah. All right. Well, it, it is challenging. I mean, a PhD is contributing to the science, right? Like actually adding, you know, Niels Bohr's PhD was the atomic model. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I, yeah, I don't think mine's quite that, uh, <laughs> quite that, that big a step. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not sure where I'm headed right now. Well, we wish you absolute success in the future. I'm sure you, you, I'm sure you'll be stellar, and it's really good to see. Mother and son working together on math. That's just awesome. Yeah. I love it. It's fun. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you. It's been great. Thanks for having us. Always great to talk to you. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. Rocks. Thanks for listening. And remember, Pluralsight.com is where you can get 200 free minutes of developer training online. Pluralsight.com. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, 
and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter band by the FCC Yes, I'm a, a toy boy Life is hard